Welcome to Retire Smarter with Kevin Krosky. Find answers to your toughest questions and get educated about the financial world. It's time to retire smarter. You're back with us for another great edition of Retire Smarter. I'm Walter Sorholt alongside Kevin Krosky, President and Wealth Advisor at True Wealth Design. Ready for another great episode today, Kevin. How are you? I'm doing great, Walter. We're uh, we're kind of working our way through fall and getting into, at least in Northeast Ohio, the chillier part of the year. And um, so in light of that, I thought we'd talk about some retirement places, places where people maybe, you know, buy a second home or sell their home here in Northeast Ohio and move to, and which is typically somewhere warmer, not always, but you, you, your uh, mind is already shifting toward Florida. I can hear it. <laughs> well, my mind is shifting as a result of, well, I'm bald too. So I, you know, you hear that, that 70% of your heat escapes right. through your head. So uh, bald man always has to have a hat, which <laughs> I have many. Um, but, you know, when you go down to Florida, it's a lot better for a bald man and for a lot of people in general. Certainly some people don't like it or have different likes. But um, I came across an article recently on Wallet Hub uh, that we'll link to in the show notes. And it, it, it was a pretty good study about just some different best places to retire. And they had a lot of different rankings. And I thought it was interesting and kind of set the stage a little bit for this conversation and some others related to, you know, retirement living, uh, retirement housing, things along those lines that we'll talk about in future episodes. And this one's actually got some like decent data behind it. I feel like a lot of the times these articles come out and it's like what was the methodology that went behind? Like we asked a hundred people where their favorite place to, you know, X, Y, Z was. And now this city is the fastest. We think this city is the place to go if you're single and under between the ages of 25 and 27, you know, it's like just you kind of come up with these random conclusions, but this one actually goes in pretty good depth, has a couple of different ways that they did the ranking and has some different data and things that they pulled out of the study. So I feel like this one has a, a lot more meat to it than most studies. So we'll, we'll put a link to this, by the way, in the description of today's episode. So check your show notes on whatever app you're using, or if you're on truewealthdesign.com, you can find the uh, link to the article there as well. Uh, And if you want to kind of follow along with some of the findings or peek at it while you listen, certainly go for it. Go ahead and do that. That'd be great. But yeah, yeah, go ahead. You know me by now and uh, our listeners know by now that, um, you know, if uh, we like detail, we like evidence, we like rigor, we, <laughs> this is like yeah. right up our alley. So I agree. <laughs> you see these uh, ones where it's like, oh, hey, here's the top 10. And, and then they don't even give an article. And it's I think it's something to do with some sort of you know, search engine optimization. I don't understand, but it's like you have to click through to see each one of the 10. There's like 10 oh, different pages. Oh, gosh, and yes. The slideshow story method, right, where it's. You got to keep clicking the slideshow and whatever the clickbait image was that you were trying to actually learn the story of never actually appears. Yes. So I'm not sure why that's done. If anybody knows, please, please send us an email. I'm, I'm interesting to understand it, but uh, interested to understand it. But um, yeah, I hate those. So this definitely has some more uh, rigor behind it. And we'll kind of talk about what goes into it as well as what some of the top and bottom cities are. Yeah, there's actually a whole section in the article explaining the methodology and actually showing you how they weighted the points. So they really do sort of back up all of their uh, reasonings and findings and things like that. So what jumps at you, uh, other than the thoroughness maybe of this particular study, what jumps out uh, to you most about this best and worst places to retire study? 
Well, um, I would. Well, I tell you what, we've we've done this for coming up on a year and a half, and we have never done like a top ten list. So I feel like maybe David Letterman or somebody, or, or Dick Clark. I'm, maybe I'm dating myself here, but <laughs> you know, it's uh, whenever I used to be able to stay up past nine p.m. at night. I remember watching. I think uh, it's l- it's Ryan Seacrest now would be Ryan like the, the the hot name, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm turning and, into and, one of and Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon and uh, Ryan Seacrest would be the more appropriate. Yeah, Jimmy Fallon's buzz names. Great, but I just, I mean, <laughs> we had uh, last weekend. Uh, Ohio State was playing, which is if you live in Ohio, and I, I wasn't born in Ohio. I was born in Western Pennsylvania, but I've been in Ohio. It's been home for more than 20 years now. And what was striking to me is when I moved to Ohio. You know, you had to be an Ohio State Buckeye football fan because if you weren't, you were nobody come Saturday. And, uh, you know, it was just, it was a bit odd to me. It was um, growing up in Western Pennsylvania. Certainly we had Penn State, but Pitt it was actually pretty decent back then as well. And you just didn't have the sort of um, unity that seems to be present in, in Ohio. And uh, I've heard, you know, maybe there's a little bit differences if you're in Toledo, you know, so it's pretty close to Michigan and those bad blue and yellow people or blue and gold or whatever the heck they are. And then in Cincinnati, maybe it's a little bit different as well. But uh, if in Northeast Ohio, even though Columbus is a couple hours away, if you aren't wearing scarlet and gray uh, on a Saturday, you are nobody and you are not invited to anything fun. So um, that's one of the things I learned moving here. And so the last Friday, they played, the kickoff was at 8.30, and our neighbor sent us a text. My wife and I said, hey, you know, let's put the kids to bed, and we'll we'll hang out and kind of, you know, have the baby monitors. And I was like, oh, I looked and see what time the game started, 8.30, and so I took a snapshot of my uh, Fitbit from my phone and showed my average bedtime. <laughs> Not a single night did I reach 9 p.m. for a bedtime. So I was like, yeah, <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yes, no. pretty sad. So nowhere to go but up for the rest of the episode. So let's do our top 10 list, okay? All right. I like mm-hmm. it. Yeah. It, we, we, we need to determine for future, top, for future top 10 lists. Yeah. Do you want drum roll or uh, should we do it as the, the Karnak style, you know, with uh, different music? Put the envelope to your head and tell me what's well, inside of it. I tell you what, to build suspense just a little bit more, because uh, you know, now that we've been doing this for a year and a half, I'm starting to get some of these uh, these skills of you know, uh, leading in <laughs> and what have you, right? Or at least I'm, I'm telling myself that. But just to give some context when people hear these names. So uh, to your point about the criteria that went into this, there's four main categories. So affordability, is one affordability generally constitutes not only cost of living but also taxes and taxpayer friendliness, um, both for say like income, property taxes, sales tax. Those are the really three biggies, as well as gas. Um, but that gas is probably a little bit on the lower end of those. So that's one. An activities ranking. So how many golf courses are there? How many theaters are there? How many music venues and even bingo halls? Because if you're a retiree, you better be playing bingo. It's like you're know, watching <laughs> Ohio State football uh, in Northeast Ohio. You just got to do of passage. it. Or, or yes. bridge clubs, you know, that kind of thing. Right? Yes, and book clubs uh, is are also in there. I'm not sure how they found all the different book clubs, but it's a criteria that's in there. And, and they actually do this not only on an absolute basis, but they look at it per capita. So how many of these per the population? So affordability, activities, quality of life is number three for the criteria. Weather is a big one here. Crime, 
friendliness of the population. So apparently there was an AARP study on friendliness and I didn't look at it, but I, I would have to imagine that people from, you know, no offense to any listeners from like New York or Philadelphia or New Jersey, but it's a little bit rougher neck of the woods and us wonderful Midwestern people that always say hi and goodbye and wave and, and smile and things like that. You know, I'm, I would speculate that we're definitely a friendlier part of the country. But uh, I, I, sneak sneak peek: there are no northeastern states represented in the top ten. <laughs> all right, there we go. Um, so I was, I was pretty much uh, right there, right? Yeah. And then uh, also, kind of just age considerations. You know, what's the demographic? Are there more elderly people there? Are there more retirees? Is a retiree friendly? Is it more of a younger community? Which is something interesting in and of itself because you, sometimes you have uh, people and a preference to be around more people like them. And uh, other times I've heard clients say that, hey, we were in a retirement community and we miss being around some of the younger people and just having more of a mix. So, you know, kind of to each their own, uh, but that criteria is in there as well. And then uh, the fourth and last broad category of the criteria was healthcare. So um, one of the interesting things was life expectancy. Now, as you would imagine, uh, and we've talked about before, but you know, the more money you have, typically more wealth, uh, better healthcare, better food, you know, all this kind of stuff goes into life expectancy. So it's not, if you are really in poor health in Northeast Ohio and you move to, I think Naples, Florida, I heard a news story when I was actually there last year that said that they had the longest life expectancy out of any town in the country. Uh, I'll assume that the news story was accurate. I don't know if it was the same that was referenced in this study or not. But it doesn't mean that if you just move there, there's all of a sudden a fountain of youth that you jump into and, and you're cured and you're living longer. Uh, but you, you get the idea there. Um, the suicide is, the, is, the, is that the causation does not equal correlation moniker or phrase? Is that apply um, there? Maybe not quite. It, not exactly. Um, yeah, the I will kind of give a quick example of that. So when I was in grad school and taking a stats class, we did. I remember this very clearly. But we did a, a study to prove that point about correlation does not mean causation, and we demonstrated that ice cream consumption was highly correlated with an increase in the murder rate. And I forget the city, but does that mean eating ice cream caused an <laughs> increase in the murder rate, or does it maybe mean that hey, it was Summer, people were out and about, and there was more activity that was going on. It was in one of these northeastern uh, or just one of the northern towns, whereas in the summer or in the wintertime, you know, everybody's inside staying warm. So that's the old correlation does not equal I, I could see the newspaper headline. It's it's not there's something in the water. It's there's something in the ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but we digress again. Let me get back on topic here. Again, for healthcare. so the fourth basket, the fourth criteria um, – Life expectancy, suicide rate of the elderly. I thought that was an interesting one. And then also just kind of looking at the physicians per capita, or they looked at it like per 10,000 residents. So to look at it again, affordability, activities, quality of life, and then healthcare. And what they did was they equally weighted all of these. And to your point earlier, each of these have different subcategories. So in terms of affordability, their adjusted cost of living was uh, at 10 points. And so that was 10% of the total waiting for all these four criteria. Um, taxpayer friendliness is in there as well. And, and basically, it's a few different categories, but it adds up to about another 10 points. So cost of living and taxes uh, basically comprises 20 points or 20% of the total of all four categories, but there's all kinds of others that maybe have, you know, one or two or 3% that kind of go into this. 
it was, you know, certainly uh, as you're looking at this and you may say, well, well heck, uh, <laughs> I have a couple million bucks in my IRA and I'm going to have to pay tax on that sucker when, it, when I pull the money out. And so the taxes are more important for me than just 10%. And certainly that's that could be true. Um, so it's not saying that this ranking or criteria will apply to you or, you know, a lot of people say that, hey, you know, Florida is great. It's warmer, but I, I don't like the humidity. And so I'm going to go to Arizona or I'm going to go somewhere else. So we all have our own preferences. You know, again, you can see kind of how this criteria plays out for this study. If you particularly go and, and you take a look at it, they do provide a lot of detail, which is great, but that's how it's constructed. So we may have our personal preferences. We'll talk about some other personal preferences after we get through our much anticipated top 10 list here that we are about to commence, but that's kind of what goes into it. So Walter, drumroll, please. Without further ado, the top 10 best retirement cities. Here's Kevin Krosky. How about that? That's going to be way better than what I'm going to be able to do. <laughs> so number 10 on the list, and I'm not going to even do it because I'm just going to set myself up for failure. Small doses, small doses. That's the key. <laughs> Cheyenne, Wyoming. All right, wow, let's hear it for okay. Cheyenne. Yeah. Yeah, and I was, when I first saw this, it didn't say Wyoming. It just had the abbreviation WY. I'm like, what the heck is that? I'm like, oh, it's, it's Wyoming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a that's a good dig at Wyoming. It didn't even recognize your abbreviation. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I personally, I've never been to Wyoming uh, yet. I mean, certainly want to go. There's some great things to see there, but I haven't been there. I don't know much about Cheyenne. Uh, but in terms of the affordability ranking, it is number two on the list. And there's about 200 different cities that were ranked here. So uh, it's not number one, but it's number two. On the other hand, it is number 142 on the activities rank. Uh, and the other two rankings are kind of middle of the road, but Cheyenne, Wyoming at number 10. The, so, the affordability really boosting it there. I guess. Yes, very, very much so. All right. So for number nine, we have Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay. And, and I think I pronounced it right. You have to. I think you have to say Minnesota or, or something to that effect. What was uh, was in it? Fargo or what was the old TV show that was set in? No, that was South Dakota. My bad. Uh, yeah, Fargo. You're thinking of Fargo. <laughs> yes, my bad. So I think uh, it's isn't it on the O like Minnesota? Yeah, I just think of um, Jesse, uh, the old, the wrestler that became the governor, and and he had right, a very right. interesting intonation. But yeah, Minnesota, um, they're one of the actually few states. There's only about ten or eleven states that tax Social Security for retirees. I know Minnesota is one of them. So most other states do not tax Social Security. Um, so they may have state income taxes, but they will exclude Social Security. Ohio is one of those. Pennsylvania is one of those. Uh, again, the vast majority of states don't tax Social Security, but Minnesota does. So they score pretty low on the affordability and pretty high on, on everything else. So number eight, we have Cape Coral, Florida. So Cape Coral is just kind of to the northwest of Fort Myers. More people are familiar with. There's a pretty big airport there. And uh, Cape Coral is very quickly growing. Uh, so uh, as I shared in a prior episode, uh, my family and I, we have a home down in southwest Florida. We are actually in the very northern part of Naples, which is you know about a half hour, 45 minutes south of Cape Coral. And Cape Coral is uh, definitely very affordable, uh, no state income taxes, property taxes are pretty favorable in Florida as well. A lot of activities, pretty good quality of life and healthcare, actually, they're kind of more middle of the road there. But Florida, Cape Coral, Florida, number eight. I have a feeling that won't be the last Florida we see. 
you would be right. And uh, I'll kind of let this out of the, um, I'll give a bit of an advanced look here, but uh, there's actually five Florida cities in the top eight. And so Cape Coral was was uh, the first one of them. And then the second ranking in at number seven is Fort Lauderdale. So now we're going to go over to the other coast, Fort Lauderdale, also known as New York with palm trees. We have Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> I like that. That's good. <laughs> Well, that's, I've heard a lot of people, there's, uh, you're actually getting a lot of people. It's much more crowded over on the East coast uh, of Florida compared to the West coast and in the West coast is known to be more Midwestern, but I, I can tell you that, that it's definitely changing. There's a lot of people that we actually know a lot of people that live in the Miami Fort Lauderdale area and they will vacation over to the, the Gulf coast over to is the that other right? coast. How yeah. about that? I was surprised by that, but um, there's some very beautiful beaches, not as populated, so definitely kind of a different feel compared to the ocean side. Um, but yeah, Fort Lauderdale it comes in at number seven. For number six, we are going to go west, uh, and we are going to cross the Mississippi. We are going to go into Denver, Colorado. You know, it scores very high on the activities ranking, number 17. <laughs> I don't know if that's related to some of the more recent legislation uh, as it relates to different natural plants that people may Quote, unquote, recreation. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, affordability, it's not all that great. Um, we've had uh, some clients in Denver, and just the appreciation for the housing has uh, been astronomical. But uh, activities scores very high. Healthcare scores very high. Kind of a quick aside, uh, Walter, I'll, I'll embarrass myself a little bit here, uh, but my wife calls me, uh, she says I'm like Rain Man with a lot of the things that I remember, but there's certain things that I, and, and maybe men in general aren't as good in terms of remembering, and they may be considered important by some, and they tend to be things like, oh, your wallet, your phone, and your keys. So I don't know if you ever have any issues with those items, Walter. Yeah, the, yes. the simplest things in life. Mm -hmm. And so I've also had this issue with travel in the past. <laughs> and I was I was flying into Chicago for uh, I had a morning meeting, and I was flying. There's two airports, as most people know, in Chicago, and I just realized as they announced that we were coming in for landing into Midway that I flew into the wrong airport. Oh, no. And there was no way that I was going to get from Midway to O'Hare in time for my morning meeting. So uh, that was one. Uh, I showed up. My sister lived in San Diego for about a decade. <laughs> I gave her hugs and kisses and goodbyes and said it was great to spend time with you. Went to the airport. <laughs> and then I realized I showed up a day early, so I had to get her to come pick me <laughs> up. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was flying. So I had these. It's a third past, story. Wow. Okay. Well, I was flying into Denver for the first time and I had some of these uh, issues, lapses in my recent past. And, and they announced, and this was soon after the Chicago incident. And they were like, and we're approaching arrival here. And, I'm looking around and it was the first time I'd flown into Denver and I'm expecting like Rocky Mountains and I'm looking around. I see nothing but planes. And I'm like, oh crap, <laughs> I did the Chicago thing again. I flew into the wrong airport and here I flew into the right airport. It's just that the Rockies were a little bit further away. So I wasn't as uh, in tune with the geography, but, <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, so, you know, that it's a bit of a, funny. if you're traveling with me, don't let me make the don't, reservations. Don't, don't or put, put Kevin in charge. Yes. <laughs> So Denver is number six. Uh, for number five, we're going back to Miami, Florida. So uh, Miami is beautiful. Um, my sister actually lives in Miami now, very cosmopolitan, very international. We actually uh, very much enjoy going and visiting there. I don't know if we would necessarily like to live there, um, at least for us personally, but it's number five on the list. Activities, 
very, very high up there. Number five, affordability is uh, still pretty good, uh, largely because of the reasonable property taxes and uh, no state income taxes. And healthcare is kind of middle of the road as well. But uh, a lot of activities, pretty good affordability as well. I've I've spent some time in Coral Gables uh, traveling with the basketball team for several years when I was doing announcing. And so we got to spend a couple of days each year down in Coral Gables and in that area and that vicinity. And very pretty. I mean, just... Just your your everyday average street was pretty. You know what I mean? Just everything is well-appointed around that uh, Miami area. Yes, very much so. And Miami Beach is beautiful as well. So number four, we're going to go a little bit to the north. We're going to go into Charleston, South Carolina. So, Walter, this isn't too far from you. Uh, and unfortunately, I have not yet been to Charleston, South Carolina, but I hear absolutely wonderful things about it. I have not either, actually. Uh, it's one of those spots that, for whatever reason, I just haven't been able to get to yet. It's actually pretty, it's still a pretty decent drive down there, and there's just not a very direct route from central North Carolina. You'd have to kind of take quite a circuitous route to get there. So have seen some other parts of the South Carolina beaches and those areas, but haven't made it down to Charleston yet. My wife has been there and, and she really enjoyed it. She said it's very nice, very, very hot. <laughs> 102 yeah, and, degrees when she was there that day. And Charleston scores high. Uh, they're pretty uniform. They're like top 25% or so in everything with activities actually being in the top 10%. So there's, whereas we started with Cheyenne and Cheyenne was very affordable, but there was very little to do. You know, you have somewhere like Charleston, and it scores very high on all of those. So, probably uh, so, the most balanced rank of any of the top ten, I'd say. Yeah, I know. I would agree. Well, we'll yes, um, we'll go to number one though. When we get to number one, um, it's it's not too dissimilar. I would say they just are really strong in a couple areas, but pretty well balanced overall. But before we get to number one, we have number three. Scottsdale, Arizona. So another very active uh, city for retirees and the surrounding area. You know, there's a lot of desert that keeps being developed. And we have clients, several clients around Scottsdale and Chandler and Goodyear Heights and and even up into Prescott, uh, a little bit more into the mountains uh, north of that area. Uh, Snowbird Central in Scottsdale, I feel like. That's where my grandparents have gone for the last... 15 or 20 years for, for three months every year. They had uh, they live in Maine, and so they make the cross-country trip out to Scottsdale each year. Yeah, and you, know, you certainly have more. I would say you have a lot of people on uh, the, to the east of the Mississippi that probably go down to Florida. You have people in uh, – I know a lot of people in Florida from Minnesota. A lot of Canadians uh, as well come down for obvious reasons. But, you know, the people that you know go out to Arizona, disproportionately, I would say, at least from our client base, you know, most of our clients tend to be, you know, at least have some roots in Northeast Ohio, but, you know, they, they grow and they move and, and we have clients in several states, but, you know, you, you kind of the commute and direct flights and things like that certainly matter. But um, there's a lot of people that do prefer kind of the, the more arid climate of Arizona compared to the more humid climate of Florida. And uh, the Cleveland Indians also have spring training out there, which tends to be a nice draw for some of our Northeast Ohioans as well. Coming in at number two, we're going to go back to Florida, and we are going to go to Tampa, Florida. So we're now we're over on the Gulf Coast. We are a little bit more north of Cape Coral that we talked about earlier, uh, and they score very high on affordability, uh, very high on activities, top 25% uh, in terms of quality of life, and uh, middle of the road for, for health care. So Tampa, Florida coming in at number two, and 
And Walter, you got to set up number one here. How are we going to go ahead and uh, climax this thing? All right. It, will it be in Florida? Number one, best retirement city. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and it's where Mickey Mouse lives. It's Orlando, Florida. All uh, right. So the happiest place voice. on earth. <laughs> yes. Um, so Orlando, Florida, very affordable, uh, number nine on the list. And again, there's about 200 cities in total. Number 11 for activities, quality of life, uh, they're top third in healthcare, they're top 25%. So where Charleston's very well balanced, um, I would say Orlando's kind of similar in terms of kind of their worst case, but they definitely score a lot higher in terms of affordability and activities. Uh, so you know, actually, our neighbor, one of our neighbors in Florida, uh, relocated from Orlando um, because she said it was too cold in Orlando in those, uh, you know, <laughs> December, <laughs> January, too February, cold. and wanted to go a little bit further south. So, to each their own. You know, you have to, if you're going to go to uh, the ocean or to the Gulf, it's a little bit of a drive either way. Maybe get to Cocoa Beach or get over to Clearwater Beach or something like that. But certainly a lot to do in Orlando with Disney World, Universal Studios. Some would say maybe it's a little bit too touristy, but there's also a lot of areas just outside of Orlando that people go to as well. Um, but that's our top 10 list. So we have five of the top eight being in Florida and uh, a few others that are there as well. So while I'm a very positive person, if we go to the bottom of the list very quickly, uh -oh. um, Yep. Sorry, California, but you have five of the top 10 in the bottom. And as you can probably expect, um, affordability is quite poor in certain California cities. And these are you know, not the big ones in terms of San Francisco or Los Angeles or San Diego. Um, but these tend to be ones that are a little bit more inland uh, that they're just ranking pretty poorly. So there you go. So we will link uh, to this article and again, I think it's good. It definitely has some objectivity. You can actually do some deeper dives into maybe some of these uh, rankings or some of the criteria that are more important to you. Affordability is a big one for a lot of people. You know, maybe you're able to retire sooner, spend more. Uh, obviously, affordability will go ahead and play a big factor in that. A state uh, and some cities that we did mention, Tennessee scores pretty high on that list. Also, no state income tax, you know, fairly reasonable cost of living. On the other hand, you know, going to Hawaii, while uh, I have not yet been, um, it's a quite a long uh, trip from Ohio, and particularly with kids, but someday maybe. But that is definitely quite expensive, as well as a lot of the uh, California, Washington, D.C. type places as well. So that's the list. So outside of that, some other considerations that a lot of clients will often come up with just to kind of put a bow on this. You know, hey, I mean, where the, where's your family at? Where are your kids at? Where are your grandkids at? And uh, and oh, by the way, you know, kids have a way of moving uh, over time for maybe a promotion or something. We had uh, a client that uh, had a home in Ohio and Florida, and uh, they just retired this year. They sold the Ohio home. They were thinking they're going to buy a place in Columbus. And lo and behold, uh, one of their two sons, uh, both of them live in Columbus. One got promoted and is in California now. And uh, he's out there at least for a few years he committed to. And who knows, but uh, the parents were dead set on buying a condo in Columbus. And now they have some, a bit of a screeching halt to those plans just to wait and see what happens. And uh, so just be mindful of that. Your kids are certainly going to be mobile. We've had 
some other clients take the approach where, hey, we're going to get a nice place down in Florida. We want to, maybe we're not going to see our kids all the time, but we're going to make it very nice and inviting. And heck, maybe we can going to buy their plane tickets for them to come down and spend some time with us on a regular basis. And they can get out of the cold for a long weekend for spring break while their kids aren't in school, things like that. A lot of clients have to go ahead and take care of their parents uh, or want to take care of their parents. Uh, And so maybe, you know, going away for a a number of months, whether they're renting or owning, they don't feel that they can do, or, you know, maybe they can, but, you know, emotionally it's difficult. Maybe they can get on a direct plane and get back, but uh, maybe they just don't want to do that. So those plans are on hold, but uh, all these things kind of come into play for what's going to work for you. But uh, I do like this study in the sense that, it's pretty robust. It has a lot of different um, criteria that are pretty meaningful. And then for your own specific criteria that are meaningful, you can really kind of drill down into it and start looking and start envisioning maybe what retirement looks like for you and, and particularly where it may be for you. It gets the wheels turning looking at these kinds of lists, that's for sure, and starting to think about, yeah, what would retirement look like in Colorado. What would it look like out in in Maine or or down in Florida? Would would he, you know do, that seems to be popular. There must be something to it that people are enjoying, right? So should we look into that a little bit further? Or do we want to go off the beaten path more? And what kinds of activities, right? I mean, you talked about there being lots of activities to do in Denver. Well, if you're not outdoorsy or a very active person, what would that you know quote unquote activities list? truly look like then at that point? How much is it bolstered by really active lifestyles versus someone who might be more inclined to go to the theater and that kind of thing? Maybe a a New York or a Newark or somewhere in that region that lists and ranks near the bottom becomes very attractive now. If you say, you know, I want to go to I want to go to a Broadway play every single month. You know, that's my idea of retirement. Well, it starts to skew things in totally different directions. So it's just interesting to get the juices flowing to talk about these kinds of things. And let me give a quick shout out here. So I mentioned I'm originally from outside of Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh comes in at number 24 on the list where we live now uh, and where our main office is located. Uh, Akron, uh, Ohio comes in at number 40 on the list. Uh, very affordable. You know, plenty of things to do as in terms of the quality of life. Most notably, the weather, not so great uh, for many, many months uh, in these cities. But uh, uh, there you have it. And then you have Cleveland comes in at number 74. So kind of our big brother to the north for Akron. But Akron beats Cleveland's pants on this study. (laughs) So there you go, Cleveland. And we've got uh, my neck of the woods in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, Central North Carolina coming in at 37 on the list. So a good affordability, it looks like, in our in our area. Yeah, I, well, and, I don't know well, how much I mean, longer that's going to last, though. We may be dropping the, down these rankings because that seems to be our strong suit at the moment. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, you know, I actually misspoke. Akron is actually 39. Um, and they're another one. Um, so they're really kind of top third for every single ranking. So um, pretty uniform there. So definitely not a bad place to be. It's just, you know, there's a couple of about three or three or four months. It's definitely quite a bear. Absolutely. Well, if you want to go check out this article and uh, this study and look at the findings for yourself, again, we'll have a link to this on the website, truewealthdesign.com, and we'll have a link in the show notes of today's episode. So whatever app you're using, just look at the description or the show notes and you'll see the link to it as well. This wallethub.com article of the best and worst places to retire 
Very interesting. Sparks some fun discussion as well. Go to truewealthdesign.com or again, check the uh, description of today's episode if you want to check out the link and get all the great information on this. And uh, you you think this kind of opens the door, Kevin, over the next couple of episodes that we're going to be doing to kind of be talking a little bit more about snowbirds and, and planning for those who may be on the move and considering moves and that kind of thing. We're setting the stage for that a little bit here. Yeah, I think we should talk about one being, so again, my family and I, we've been snowbirds now for about five or six years. Um, so, you know, we've done it, have firsthand experience. So all the way from, you know, financial planning and tax considerations, there's a lot of um, ones that are commonly known. There's a lot of others that are important and aren't as commonly known. So we uh, we'll get into that. Maybe we'll even talk about, you know, how do you do it? You know, how do you, a lot of people don't want to have the hassle of two homes, even if they can afford it. Frankly, we've been able to use technology in some other ways to make it very palatable to go ahead and do. Certainly there's a little bit of a learning curve, but we can talk about that. Um, and also I think about retiree housing in general, you know, the, there's a lot of people, we have a lot of clients, um, our baby boomer clients or their parents are frankly, they're, they're stuck in their home. Um, they would probably describe their parents as being a little bit stubborn and, you know, they won't go into a retirement community and, you know, that's their home and they're going to stay there forever and they're going to drag them out feet first. But then they also become very isolated and they're not socially engaged and it also has uh, other negative impacts on their life. So you're seeing a big movement towards retirement communities, continuing care retirement communities where you can be independent, you can get nursing home care and everything in between. I think retiree housing in general is changing a lot. So I think there's a lot that we can unpack and deliver a lot of good value and uh, it's just so germane. I mean, where we're going to live and what we're going to do and how we're going to spend our time uh, when we have so much more of it compared to when we're working, all incredibly important decisions. So I think we're kind of writing a future series here as we wrap this one up, Walter. Absolutely. I think we have uh, set the stage for that conversation. So we'll look forward to uh, having those discussions over the next couple of episodes as we uh, as we record today's show, get closer and closer to the end of 2019 and get ready to turn the page to uh, a new decade, Kevin, coming up around the corner. Kind of hard uh, to fathom and uh, grasp that, but uh, we've, we've passed another decade here. So that's uh, going to be fun to talk about as we get ready to turn the calendar page coming up soon. Uh, for Kevin Krosky, I'm Walter Storholt. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. A great chance for me to remind you, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, be sure to do that on your favorite app. You can always come back to truewealthdesign.com to listen to the show where we post them each time, but you can certainly subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and all your favorite podcasting apps. Just look for the show, Retire Smarter. That's all you have to do, and you'll be able to find us there and subscribe and never miss an episode. For Kevin Krosky, I'm Walter Storholt, and we'll talk to you next time back here on Retire Smarter. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accurateness and completeness cannot be guaranteed. All performance reference is historical and not an indication of future results. Benchmark indices are hypothetical and do not include any investment fees.